Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at PIRB.co.za or more. A warm welcome to the audience. My name is Willem Topper. I am your host. And in this episode, we will have another technical discussion. This time round, we will be discussing the role of vacuum breakers in geyser installations. Yet again, as usual for these technical discussions, I have my guest, Mr. Richard Bailey. Uh, Richard, a warm welcome to you as well. And thanks a stack for joining me in this conversation again. Yeah, no, it's absolute pleasure, Willem. You keep calling me Mr. Richard Bain. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as a plumber, that's very strange to me because they, they usually just shout at you from across the site, you know, hey, hey plumber, plumber, come oh. here. <laughs> Call me so. There's no Mr. You know, so thanks. Thanks for that. But uh, <laughs> it's great being back. Um, as always, I love these things, yeah. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this. At Advanced Valves, respect and integrity are our core values. This means our products have been manufactured with the proud plumber in mind. The one who does not compromise on quality. The proud plumber who saves his customers money and time. You, who values the importance of using SABS approved products. Visit your nearest plumbing store to purchase SA's preferred valve brand. Advanced Valves, your trusted leader in building your reputation. Also available on App Plumber. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Richard, all right, so today we're having a technical discussion again. We're talking about the role of the vacuum breaker in a geyser installation. Um, So the name vacuum breaker seems self-explanatory. But what else is there to explain about these components? Yeah, it is it's self-explanatory, isn't it? It's vacuum breaker. The question then is, what, what, which vacuum are you talking about? Because uh, remember, this podcast is about vacuum breakers within a geyser installation. So, what is the role? And so, ask the question then is, well, why, why would there be a vacuum within a geyser installation? And and remembering. Valima, as always, and this is really exciting to me. I love these podcasts because it goes to to Mr. Jones and Mrs. Jones. The, the layman. Like, and like so I, I love being able to explain these concepts. Yeah. <laughs> explain these concepts in, in, in ways that, that lay people can understand. And I think it's important that they do. So what possible vacuums could there be um, in, 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 a, in a geezer? And, and why would we need to break them or relieve them? Because the thing's a vacuum breaker. So it must break a vacuum. And where is that vacuum? And why must we break it? Those are the questions. So, yeah. All right. So, so vacuum breaker. How exactly does this device relieve a vacuum? Mm. It's a very simple device. There, basically, there's, there's some sort of a washer arrangement or a, a plunger arrangement with a, with a usually silicon rubber or a, or a rubber washer component which um, is on a spring and is pressed up against a seat of some description. Okay. So 
the most common sort of vacuum breaker that we come across in in geyser installations, the the, the body of the vacuum breaker will be brass. So the, the seat itself will be a brass seat and there will be some sort of a rubber um, a washer that is seated up against it from the bottom upwards. Now, the, the because because you've got the spring arrangement below the washer, there is a predetermined there is a predetermined pressure at which the spring pushes the washer up to the to the seat, and we're talking about at zero, uh, all things being equal, at zero pressure. There's there's no external pressure and there's no internal pressure. So all things being equal, in its normal state, out of the box, that washer is pressed against the seat at a predetermined pressure okay so at a predetermined force and it's quite weak in fact it's very weak you could quite easily take one of those things out of the box put it to your 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 mouth and just suck a little bit and it doesn't take much force for that spring to compress and allow air into that vacuum breaker and and Mm -hmm. you can suck through it very very easily but if you try and blow through it it's 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 impossible so the theoretically it should be impossible in in Mm -hmm. fact it is unless there is a a serious okay. malfunction, or of course, it's okay. overpressurized. Okay. So there's a very, very weak spring that keeps the seat uh, against the the, uh, the washer against the seat. But if there's any kind of negative pressure sucking on it from from underneath, it will then simply release, and air will come flowing into the system, so to speak. So that's how it relieves a vacuum. Now. I mentioned that the spring keeping the washer against the seat is of a predetermined stiffness, shall we say. So the pressure at which the vacuum breaker itself opens up and allows air in is therefore also predetermined and factory set. And it's and it's and it's actually vital to the functioning of these things. Okay. Um which which we can which we can get to. Um in a little bit, but the, the the spring pressure is actually is actually vital as well. Right. So now that I understand how it functions and how it actually, you know, when there's when there's negative pressure, then it sort of sucks down on that 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 spring, which is which can easily, uh, you know, move downwards or backwards and allow for air to come in. in. Mm. But, okay. Just before we had this podcast and, and or before we started recording, I actually asked you. So why? Would air need to come in in any way? Why, why does a geyser installation need vacuum relief? Mm. Well, that's the key question, isn't it? So, there are two vacuum breakers on any geyser installation or any pressurized geyser installation, should we say? One is on the cold water inlet line, and one is on the hot water supply line, which goes to the points, which goes to the taps. So, let's start with the cold. Now you've got a cold water supply coming in from the main supply, and we um, there is a podcast out there, uh, Willem, and I encourage uh, uh, the listeners to go and look for it. Is um, we talk about backflow prevention. Mm-hmm. Now this forms very much part of a backflow. In fact, that is exactly its role within the geyser installation on the cold side. You mm-hmm. have what you call an anti-siphon loop. Now picture. You've got a tank full of water. Mm-hmm. You've got the inlet to that tank. In other words, a pipe attached to the tank mm-hmm. at the bottom of the tank. All right. So you've got all this water above the connection. And that pipe, essentially, if you simplify it, it's, it's simply attached to your main supply. Now, if you have a negative pressure or a burst pipe down the road, so 
somewhere or something like that, you essentially are going to drain all of that yucky, ugly, non-potable water with all kinds of debris and, and stuff at the bottom of the tank into the cold water supply, not only of your house, but of your next door neighbors and their neighbors and so on and mm. so forth. So you are going to contaminate the water supply. So you have to install it with what they call an anti-siphon loop. That is a very simple, as the name implies, a loop of pipework from the connection of the tank, which goes upwards to above the level of the tank mm -hmm. and then back down. But crucially, on the top of that loop, before it goes back down to the main water supply, you have a little pipe sticking up with a vacuum breaker on top of that. Okay. So now if you can picture a, an upside down U with a vacuum breaker there and you, you've got a negative pressure sucking from one side, what's going to happen? The vacuum breaker is going to open up and allow air in to that pipe. And we all know uh, if we've ever tried to siphon petrol out of dad's car when you're and 13 and 14 and 15 years old, <laughs> you need a siphon to, to siphon petrol out of dad's car. Sure. So if you introduce air there, it breaks that siphon. So that, yeah, that vacuum breaker, yeah, it allows the air in, it breaks the siphon, and that water then stays in the tank. It doesn't get siphoned out and, and sucked into the, into the Potable supply. Potable water supply, yeah. Potable water supply. Now, that's the cold side. So that's the function of the cold side vacuum breaker and anti-siphon loop. By the way, the vacuum breaker itself is not a backflow prevention device. It is part of a backflow prevention device, which is the loop and the vacuum breaker as a, as a collaborative. Okay. All right. So now on the hot water side, let's go to the same scenario where I have a negative pressure in the tank. Now we're talking about a slightly different negative pressure. Let's just think about this. If, for example, uh, for whatever reason, I shut off the water supply to the geyser. Mm -hmm. It's closed. There's nothing coming in. Uh, the, let's assume that the cold vacuum breaker is, is malfunctioning or it's not there or whatever the case may be. Now, the geyser is in the roof of a two-story home. Somebody on the ground floor in the kitchen uh, opens up the the, the, the sink with some hot water and I've got uh, six meters of vertical hot water pipe going up to the geyser to my sink and I open that tap, what am I doing? I'm creating a negative pressure in the hot water line. Sure, so there's no, the there's hot no water supply, the supply has been cut off. So Correct. Okay. Correct. And, and depending on that, that head, that negative pressure can actually become quite substantial. Mm. And, and so uh, tank manufacturers insist that there is a vacuum, a vacuum breaker on the hot water supply for exactly that reason, to allow air in so as not to negatively pressurize the tank or vacuum uh -huh. the tank or suck that tank. Especially, Willem, think about copper geysers. They are very susceptible to to metal fatigue. So if you have a, con a, a, a cycle of slight vacuum and then release and vacuum and release, and you have, a, you have, a, you have a, a, a metal fatigue thing happening and it can rupture that tank over time or even collapse it one shot. Sure. You know, it depends. I mean, if it's four stories up and you've got a 10, 12 meter pipe, 
suckling, that's 120 kPa negative pressure, oh. and it'll it'll collapse that. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's the reason for the hot uh, um, um, negative, uh, well, hot vacuum breaker. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, that typically, again, something that, that uh, you know, people who are not plumbers, lay people like myself, would, would, wouldn't even think about um, yep. until we hear conversations like these. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this. Introducing the Plumbing Industry Registration Board Company Registration Portal. Now you can register your company to have access to more benefits, including purchasing and allocating certificates of compliance to your PRB-registered employees. Visit www.pirb.co.za to find out more information. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Richard, yeah. so are there, are there any other specific requirements with regards to the positioning? Um, I mean, you, you did mention how the upside down U and the anti-siphon loop should be on the cold, cold inlet. Mm. Um, but any other specific requirements with regards to the positioning of the vacuum breakers? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, so, so, for example, the hot water uh, vacuum breaker, most manufacturers will tell you that they want that vacuum breaker um, offset. They don't want it plumbed directly above the hot water outlet port of the geyser. They want it plumbed a little way away for the simple reason that just to get it away from the immediate direct heat of the geyser. So okay. just to protect that, that washer a little bit, give it a bit of a longer lifespan. Um, and, and, and it's the manufacturers that require this specifically. Um, and, and, and by the way, the standards do as well, but but because if if that, that vacuum breaker gets excessive heat and the 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 mechanism seizes, let's say for example, it will then not function properly, and you're going to place uh, some strain on on that tank. So so that's a requirement across the board. Mm -hmm. And then yes, the height of the vacuum breaker. You remember I said earlier about um, the springs in the vacuum breaker, which are of a predetermined stiffness and therefore keeps the washer against the seat at a predetermined force. So, so we all know that there is a, there is a, a, a correlation between what we call head or, or, or vertical distance of a column of water and the pressure it, it, it is able to exert. So to give an, to give an example, a water tower in a, in a, in a, uh, domestic, you know, in a, in a neighborhood yeah. is X amount of meters high and you don't need to pump the water from the tower. It's gravity that allows that water to come out at a certain pressure and it's 10 kPa or 10 kilopascals per meter of head sure. is, what the, is what the equation is. So if you work that all out, the fact is that the vacuum breaker needs to be a certain uh, distance, minimum distance above the level of the geyser in order for the negative head 
to be strong enough to break that uh, spring or to retract or to, or to compress the spring and to create a vacuum which is strong enough to open that vacuum breaker. Okay. In other words, if you put the vacuum breaker level with the top of the uh, geezer, it will not break that siphon because the, the negative head is not in place. The negative head has to be there and it has to be uh, enough or sufficient to overcome that spring, that spring's tension and allow, and allow that vacuum breaker to open and allow air in. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. So, because that's when I said the spring stiffness is factory set and it's specific. So, mm-hmm. Normal vacuum breakers, when I say normal vacuum breakers, uh, most vacuum breakers, which are um, uh, rated you know, for use in, in domestic uh, geyser installations, uh, will be um, rated at 3 kPa opening pressure. That means that the head, the, the minimum opening pressure is achieved with a head of 300 millimeters. Um, so if you've got 300 millimeters of height difference between the top of the geyser and the vacuum breaker, you've achieved that, that, that uh-huh. negative pressure opening head, and it will then do so. So going back to your original question of, are there any other specific requirements for the, for the positioning? The answer is yes. You have to have them at a certain height as well. Mm-hmm. They can be higher, but they cannot be lower. Having said that, there are uh, um, caveats to that, but I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually not going to go into that because we're now stepping on the toes of, of SANS or South African National Standards 10254 and Giza installations and that sort of thing. So for the purposes of this podcast, I'm not going to go into where you can uh, change those or change those configurations, but suffice it to say that there are options for you to overcome difficult installation circumstances whereby you can drop those vacuum breakers lower down but you must be able to you must do it according to what the standard says and you sure. must have the correct type of vacuum breaker you'd also get vacuum breakers with a 0.3 uh, kPa opening um, uh, pressure which means that you can have that successfully open at a head a negative head or a, or a height of 30 millimeters, which is nothing. I mean, that's the yeah. length of a thumb. Sure. So you can drop it right down. So, but it needs to be a specific type of vacuum breaker. And um, uh, yeah, so those are the two, those are the two um, requirements, I guess, for the uh, specific positioning of these things. Yeah. Okay, Richard. So from what you've just described, um, you know, typically what comes to my mind is scenarios in which, there is restricted space for geyser installations. You know, the roof may not be, um, mm-hmm. you know, the space in the roof may not uh, accommodate, um, you know, the requirements that, that is necessary and, and where these vacuum breakers should be positioned, etc. But the fact that you mentioned that there, there can be um, sort of things put in place and it can be dropped a little bit lower or whatever, um, would that accommodate those restrictions for, for specifically for the space of geysers? Willem, yes. Uh, there are, as I say, there are ways in which you can ov- uh, um, uh, not overcome, uh, you could um, uh, um, drop the height of the vacuum breakers a little bit lower. And that would be specifically to uh, allow, well, to, to allow for easier installations in restricted areas or restricted spaces. But it's not something that we should employ 
sort of every time I put in a geezer. I, I, I firmly believe that it remains the responsibility of the plumber. As a responsible plumber, I must make sure that I've made all efforts to put it in a better position, a position that would allow for better uh, room around the geezer to install it as I would prefer to install it. And that doesn't only just go for vacuum breakers. I must also make sure that the, vac- that the geezer is installed where it is accessible and maintainable and I can get to it and I can work on it. So usually when you've got very nasty space restrictions, it's not only just for the vacuum breakers or other stuff, it's also for the poor guy that needs to come and install it or work on it. And that, those restrictions become, so I'm, what I'm saying is yes, it will allow for that, but I would encourage the installers to really look for alternatives. Mm. If that is the only option, then fine, do what you need to do. But mm. if there are alternatives such as relocating the position of the geezer, putting it somewhere else, um, it's our responsibility to improve the installations we work on. Mm. Surely we, we need to strive to improve these things. So if we can see a different position, go for it and suggest it. And it's for the homeowner to say yes or no, or you're mad or you're crazy or whatever. That's fine. But at least we've done our due diligence and we need to make the effort. Yeah. So I would say <laughs> To put it in a nutshell, I wouldn't want the installation, just because I've got that ability to drop the vacuum breakers down, Mm. don't compromise the installation just because you're too lazy to think about it a little bit. Mm. And, and that, that's, that would be my, that would be my sort of parting shot, you know, just, uh, just to say, think about it a bit. If you, if you're having to drop those vacuum breakers down, it's because of lack of space and try and think of other alternatives rather than, leave things leaving things status quo it shouldn't it shouldn't be the norm but rather the exception correct absolutely right that's exactly yeah before we continue with our conversation have a listen to this plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. This year, various role players in the plumbing industry will gather once more for an ultimate boxing showdown. And it's all in the name of charity. Yes, the plumbing industry is gearing up for this year's Champions for Charity boxing match. This white-collar boxing event will ultimately see various average Joes step into the ring and give boxing a bash. If you want to find out more about sponsorships or want to get involved, please email c4c at pirb.co.za for more. Richard, I think we're drawing to a close of this episode, but once again, I want to thank you for the information that you've shared. I certainly, as a layperson, I've learned quite a bit from this um, from this podcast and from the information that you've shared. I think also that the audience will will appreciate um, you know the content of of this podcast. So thanks, Stack. Thanks for what you've shared with us. Thanks for your time and your effort. That's only a pleasure, Valema. As as always, yeah. Thank you, and and, and um, I'm looking forward to the next one awesomeness and lastly thanks a stack to the audience we will see you again next time just before wrapping up this conversation have a listen to this we'd like to encourage our audience to follow articulated plumber on instagram and facebook to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have 
Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulate It Plumber. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.